Do you remember the first story that was so spellbinding that it drove you to break the rules and stay up all night? To keep reading, keep listening, keep playing? So good you forgot your life and lived there? So good that the moment it ended you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper, to explore and understand more, and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games. One of us does an in-depth research on our topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and will be addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. Enjoy another world, another adventure, another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor. All right, welcome back to the floor. We are continuing our journey into Marvel. We started all the way with some of the earliest cave paintings. We moved through uh, other kind of picture stories done in uh, Egypt and ancient Greece. And then eventually to actual comic books in the 1930s and 40s as we launched the Golden Age where a lot of heroes were created, including the ghost of Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then we moved into the Silver Age where... Fewer uh, heroes were made, and the, and the stories began to shift to kind of uh, darker, uh, more complex heroes, and not not really just a simple black and white. But don't yes. forget about the uh, the policing system that that was installed because right. of that. CDA the code. C- the, co- the that? comic book code. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, they were they were they were they were for the best. From uh, what they were talking about, what what comics were released then. Uh, but Stan Lee will break this code after Marvel has become a giant. How would you put him there? Uh, when does Stan Lee break this code? Ooh, so I think it's Green Arrow. Green but, Arrow's uh, DC. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Green Lantern. Green Lantern also DC. <sighs> okay. There is somebody's is gonna it, break this code. It's gonna be big. I I can't remember what comic it was, but he decided uh, this is mid seventies. Drugs are a problem. People are ODing. Uh, heroin is hit the streets. Um, and he made a comic where there was straight up a needle on the page, and the. The story goes, he is saving his friend from ODing on drugs. And, uh, the, the, the company said, you don't get our stamp for this. And he's like, yep, I, I understood that when I started making this and we are going to produce this as a comic. And it was one of the first big breakthroughs, um, for, uh, talking about real problems in the world. Huh. On the comic page. Um, and then following this, they start attacking racism. They start like, uh, poverty, just real live problems on the comic. Is this page. Silver Age or is, have we moved into the Bronze Age for this? Okay, so for, this is in the Bronze Age. So in Silver Age, Silver Age wraps up in, what was that? Uh, 75 is argued. 
So 70, 75, somewhere in there. A six-year gap kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing we didn't talk about last episode that I think is important to note because we're talking about Stan Lee now. Uh, Stan Lee was, in fact, revolutionary in asking the hard questions and making people think. Hmm. So, for instance, for example, in 1966, Black Panther was the first black superhero. And this is during the civil rights movement. Exactly. Like, like this was him being like, yep, I support this. I want this part of my rhetoric and and part of my kingdom I will leave behind, if you will. You know, I will have to check and see which exact comic he talked about or wrote, because I don't know which one that was for drugs, but that makes sense for his character because he he always tried to push the envelope and give people something to believe in. Yeah. Yeah, Hope is, is a key aspect that he always has there. When, when does Stanley get hired on and and what is his first comic? Oh, so he was hired on timely in in 1939. Oh, so he's, he's been around for a while. Yeah. He worked on stuff. Okay. Hang on, hang on. Uh, I didn't pause the recording. Okay. Okay. So Stan Lee, actually worked for Timely in 1939. So he actually worked there. I don't know exactly. He worked at Marvel before it was Marvel. Well, he worked at Marvel when, well, he worked for Timely when they released that first Captain America. Right. Yeah. Comic that we talked about in that other episode, the first ever Marvel comic. The majority of the uh, Marvel heroes you hear about today he was involved, if not the creator. I don't know okay. how much, like, people argue that he created so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, or whatever. And I don't know how much say he had in a lot of them. I do know that Spider-Man was his baby. Oh. I, oh, I do know that the person he went to, and I forgot the guy's name because there's a lot of names in this history. This guy's yeah. not important. He went to this guy, and it was his kind of his boss. And he was like, I want to release this, this, uh, this character called Spider-Man, you know, with these powers, you know, climbs on walls and, you know, he's a, he's a kid, right? Uh-huh. And he doesn't really know how to use his powers. And so this was the first time you see a character who is not the traditional mold. Cause you get heroes who always know the right answer, who you look to for guidance. And this mm. Spider-Man kid he doesn't know what's going on. He just got these powers out of the blue. He's scared. He's learning. And so the guy that he brought this to was just like, no, we're not, we're not going to release that. That's everybody hates spiders. That's (laughs) (laughs) which is true. Right. You could totally see that in the meeting. Stanley walks in with Spider-Man and the guy's like, everyone hates spiders. Try again. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's, that's dumb. So Stanley was like, okay, whatever. I'm going to, I'm just going to put it in one of like the magazines we release and just forget about it. And that's what he did. And then his boss, producer, whatever this guy was, comes to him a few months later. He's like, dude, remember that Spider-Man guy? We really liked that comic. I need you to write more of that. Really? Uh, so it was a hit <laughs> yeah. magazine. It immediately yeah. hit because people could relate to that. Because there's, there's, an, there's an amount of, like for kids, you don't really need to relate so much to a character as you just want to personify and be that character. So Captain America's easy. Superman's easy because they're larger than life. Yeah. Well, I think Spider-Man is great to relate to, particularly because 
he is a teenager, right? And he gets suddenly he gets these superpowers and he's trying to figure out what he can and can't do. And that is the actual teenage experience that we all go through, right? At it some is. point, we start growing. Everyone gets that. You begin to wonder, what can this body do? I don't even know. I have to go and find out. And so, that is that is Spider-Man's experience. And that is, that's a, that is a human experience that we all go through. Well, and, and the amazing thing that like, there's a reason I want to teach an English class one day and teach about Spider-Man and Peter Parker, Parker and the Man. duality between the two, because Peter Parker gains his confidence through Spider-Man. Right. Peter Parker is someone people don't like until he starts Spider-Man. learning from Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Like Spider-Man is someone that people look to and he's, you know, he's witty, he's funny, he's confident. It's everything Peter Parker, Parker, Parker. I don't know why there's a B. When <laughs> Peter Parker wants to be uh, internally, but he's scared to try. So with Spider-Man, he doesn't have that issue because he has that mask. And Stan Lee actually talked about this in an interview like a few years ago about how he didn't even on purpose make the Spider-Man outfit completely the way that it is. So you can't Mm. see who's underneath, but he's really glad he did because anyone could be Spider-Man. You could be, you could be in any race any gender, any background, any anything. And that's what makes Spider-Man so great is faceless. anyone could be him. He's faceless and he's just someone you can relate to. And the reason Spider-Man is the character I like the most, and so we're doing a little fanboy period here, is because Spider-Man begs the quest. well, he answers the question that's basically, if no one else is going to do it, who's going to do it? And so Spider-Man is that answer. He's like, okay, nobody else is going to save the city. Nobody else is going to protect these people. So I need to. He doesn't want to. He's in school. He's in school. And other things. Like he could join the circus. (laughs) But he understands no one else will do this and he will step up. And it's a very powerful, subtle message. And and I think, uh, so I've watched uh, Into the Spider-Verse, but I haven't watched the new movie. But this totally bleeds into that. Uh, that that very concept of oh yeah because in Into the Spider Verse he's all different kinds of people right Spider Man is Gwen Stacy Spider Man is yeah yeah uh huh well I mean there, there there's different Spider Mans but yes there's yes. a lot of different ones like that's that's kind of the point though is it doesn't matter who you are you still have that potential for greatness that's what the Spider Man story is I think it I'm I'm gonna pretend to talk through stanley's voice and uh that's right spider-man is in each and every one of you <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 where i'm at that's that's joe funny. any okay. questions so far? all right so so spider-man is born in the bronze age or silver where does he come in in the ages he so we talked about him a little bit in the silver age i'm pretty sure okay so stanley silver age he pitches this idea they shut him down He's like, well, you know, this is a rush deadline. We got to get these magazines out all the time. I'll just put it here and it's a hit. And then they're like, hey, let's take this and run with it. Yes. Okay. Spider-Man was 62. So okay. he was he was like right right towards the beginning. Actually, that's like dead middle of the Silver Age. Oh, that's dead middle. I thought I thought that was end of the Silver. So Well, so so the problem is we talked about the Silver Age, right? So people don't know when it started. It was between the 50, 50 and 56. And then people don't know when it ended between 70 and 75. So 62 is kind of right in the middle there. Okay. 
But yeah, so he was born in, in 62. And then in my opinion, there's a lot of, I feel like with every era, someone kind of is like, ev- everyone has a different definition of when the new era starts. Exception to every rule. Or whatever it is. Like we, we can't decide on what what was the event that made this new era happen. And so I have one that I think it was, me and Eli briefly talked about this. And so Spider-Man from 62 on, was just the an amazing yeah he was he was something you wanted to be because yeah. everyone goes through that story and understands it everyone all the other superheroes before were a cool larger than life hero that you read about and they're fun but spider-man really impossible yeah Im- impossible but exciting mm-hmm. whereas spider-man you get it right all right, right. you might get bit by spider Tell them uh, you might get bit by a spider. Let's tell them what we're going to cover in the second half. Of we're the going episode. to. So as funny as it is, we're actually going to finally start talking about what Aaron believes was the event that started the Bronze Era. Okay, so we have been mentioning at the end of our episodes recently about the treasure room, how, as Aaron likes to describe it, in the floor we go deep into things, but in the treasure room we kind of go wide. And we wanted to give people who have never been in the treasure room a a little bit of a sample. So going forward, we'll probably be uh, putting in little bits and pieces here. So here is a small clip uh, from the treasure room. We hope you enjoy it and are interested in uh, learning more in there. Peter Parker, uh, in this specific universe, just like any other Peter Parker, goes to Oscorp and like sees everything. And instead of there being a, a spider with radioactive abilities, it's a full vat of a colony. Yeah. And somehow he of falls spiders in. spiders or people? Yes. Of spiders. And he falls in and is eaten by them. And when he is eaten, since they have this radioactive whatever ability, they gain his sentientness. So they now become him. So and there he, is them. Yeah. And so it's a hive mind colony of spiders that, that makes up also Spider-Man. Peter Parker. Okay, so we're back in our second half. We talked about uh, some of the transition between bronze and silver, uh, and we talked about the origins of Stan Lee, how he was at uh, Timely Comics before they became Marvel Comics, and uh, his creation of Spider-Man and how they shut him down. And uh, as Eli did warn us, you might get bit by a spider. (laughs) So that's where we left off. It's more likely you get bit by a spider than it is that you were born on another Krypton. planet. And or fall exactly. into a bat tell that, tell that to all the people who listen to our podcast that have been born on another planet, dude. <laughs> well, I, I, I think the, uh, uh, the Joker story was pointed at uh, disgruntled men working in factories. I, I, I think <laughs> that is where they pulled it from. Originally, yeah, that makes sense. Again, for people listening uh, who don't know this, the Joker is actually DC, not Marvel. <laughs> just just right. want to make sure not everyone knows that. Um, I will often reference DC characters because and, and I, I, I love X-Men. Eli doesn't sort them. <laughs> if, if, if DC can get their like cinematic universe on point, 
and be consistent. They've released some good movies, but on the whole, they're they're not amazing. If they can get their stuff together consistently, we we will be doing a lot of episodes, Eli. Because DC has some good stuff. They're just still trying to figure out their movies. Yeah, well, and I think the uh, the problem with DC is Superman, right? He's their kind of their one of their flagship characters, but at the same time, like, okay, he's the Kryptonite. worst superhero. Okay, no, he's yeah. not the worst superhero. If you write him well, right. he's actually an interesting superhero. But you That's can't true write for him anything. If, so. Exactly. But if you write him with Batman, they do pretty good together, if you so, understand. Well, this is this is my view on Superman. This is kind of a tangent. But so and they've they've done Lex Luthor with Superman a lot. And they rarely don't do Lex Luthor with Superman. Like he's always the one they pull out. But I think here's the root problem they have in doing Lex Luthor versus Superman. They always go for kryptonite. And I think that dilutes the amazing story that you have there is that they are both essentially super powerful in the world. Lex Luthor has wealth and influence and Superman is just strong. I mean, Lex Luthor has enough power to have the raw laws written that let him do terrible things. Mm-hmm. How does Superman fight that? He's just strong. If Lex Luthor never breaks a law, but is a terrible person ruining the world, how do you fight that? And I think mm-hmm. that is a story that should be told because that is a that is a problem. Superman cannot beat with his fist or fry with his eyes. Well, that's that's why that's why that's why his nickname was the Boy Scout. He was the Boy Scout because he was a symbol, not so much nowadays. Uh, the the hand of justice like he comes in and uh-huh. he breaks everything like before he was a symbol he'd show up and he'd just stand there and people were like oh no stop like don't hurt us just because he symbolized hope so when he showed up that's all he needed to do but like well, i said i think that's the story of superman i would like to see that's because- why the movie was disappointing because it was dark and that shouldn't be superman that's batman to a t hmm. ah, okay. that's that's the difference there like superman is light and hope and Batman is the darkness. Like Superman's movie should take place during the daytime on a beach, and Batman should be <laughs> the middle of the night. Have you guys seen that, darkness. Uh, that meme where he's, he, 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 it's like, uh, I don't like DC movies. They're just all so dark. And then the answer is like, he's like, what do you mean? There's violence, death, and destruction in all the superhero movies. Be like, no, no, no. They're literally dark, and it like shows images, and it's like the DC movies just like the lighting. It's very dark. <laughs> that's the in point. All of them. Like, and that's okay all, for Batman dark. movies because that makes sense. Makes sense. It's yeah. more intense. It's more brooding. Bat or Superman? No. Anyways, Bronze Era, which is you know healthy fifty years, forty years before everything we just talked about. <laughs> the thing that I think kicked it off, and since we're talking about Marvel, I don't even. I'm not even looking into DC. I'm sure there was some cool stuff that happened in DC that might have kicked it off. But the one thing that I think really switched over from the Silver Era to the Bronze Era is when Spider-Man failed to save his girlfriend, Gwen Stacy. Yes, this was groundbreaking. Oh, yeah, and neck-breaking, too. Okay, okay so, so why is this a big moment, this moment? So the, the heroes you look up to are so, valuable. So, so this is Spider-Man's first love before Mary Jane. Right. This is- he loves this girl. She's the damsel in distress. He's battling the Green Goblin. And, and the hero always there? wins. That's 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 the situation. That's what happens. That's what's always hero happened. wins, gets the girl. 
Gold, golden era hero end, wins and it's not scary. Silver era right, hero yeah. wins and there's some complexity to it. Now, in the bronze era, the hero just lost the person he wants to protect most. No, you got to tell uh, Joe what happened. So, Spider-Man, uh, Gwen Stacy fell. Wait, why do I have to tell him? Why don't you tell him? You're the amateur. She's falling off of a skyscraper during a battle. Uh, the Green Goblin knew about uh, Spider-Man's love for Gwen Stacy. And so it's captured her and, and he's battling the Green Goblin for the girl, his hostage. And she's thrown off of the skyscraper. So using his Spider-Man abilities, he's swinging through. But inertia gets the best of him. And her neck snaps and she dies in his arms because he caught her and he didn't catch her properly. Right. That is, I mean, that, that's a whole nother of complexity. Like he couldn't get there in time. That's like, he miscalculated his own momentum. Uh Yes. Wow. Uh So this is the first time like, like in these superhero movies, it's like, Oh, all your superpowers weren't enough. This, this well, technically, they were too much, or too much. <laughs> that inertia was too it. much. It, it just, it just wasn't right, you know. And and this it, it, was it, like, it's a very visceral reading, right? Because you you're reading something that you love, and you're you're following along, and you're like, I I could put myself in the mindset of Spider Man. I'm Spider Man, you know. I I'm learning confidence just like Spider Man. And then he loses the person he wants to protect more in the world from his own failures. Mm-hmm. And and this is the first time uh, in this era since uh, those uh, horror comics went away uh, that that you had drama in your comics like this. Well, you had something so powerfully bad happen. Because they they gloss over that stuff. So something so horrific happens, and Spider-Man still learns how to persevere. As well as uh, the importance of the mask, right? If the Green Goblin couldn't know about his love for an interpersonal relationship, right? Which is what the mask is doing. The mask is hiding your identity to protect the people who are close to you. Right. Yes. This is the comic that comes out that says this is why it's so important. Right. And and since then, it, it's all been a bit different. You know, this was a groundbreaking comic. Well, Because that's, in my opinion, that is, out of all the things that you read in comics, that is the most relatable thing right there. Because a lot of people are like, well, you don't understand my pain. Well, Spider-Man, this Spider-Man definitely does. More <laughs> than you think. And he doesn't give up. So that like that was why this was so like groundbreaking, because you see something so devastating happen, and he still gets right back up. He doesn't try and murder the goblin. I think he has some anger issues or some stuff <laughs> he has to work through. But I imagine day, after that, like that would yes, that would but wreck he, you. He, he ends up getting back up and still protecting that city. After all he went through, which is, which is, in my opinion, the most relatable and amazing like hero that you can have. So that's, that's why that Spider-Man life. is the Spider-Man of the year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So 
that's 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 the uh bronze era in a nutshell let's hop into just the present era real quick because there was just one thing that they really added wait so what are some of the so okay so the transition from the golden era to the silver era is a shift from black and white heroes and villains to more murky the shift from the more human more more human human, right from silver to bronze silver age is a shift in the plot themselves that the plots are no longer simple you know how this is going to end we've got more plot twists and in no, the consequences kind of, the the outcomes are yeah. bigger they're and they're and they're they can still mess up they're found yeah, muddied right like like yeah. the outcome is is muddied now right it's like they like, they will still do the right thing like most of them but in, in, in these comics now they the right thing may not be good enough. Yeah, like what is it? I know that uh, I read. Is it uh, Pym, uh, the original Ant Man, uh, who creates yes. the Pym particles? Right. Like I love him. they end up like the particles damage his brain and becomes like abusive to his wife because he he chose to be the hero and this is the consequence he lives with. Mm-hmm. I like the newer renditions of him where that didn't happen. <laughs> the ones I'm more fond of, but yes, originally I think that was. Anyways. Let's that's that's basically that that in a nutshell that Spider-Man with Gwen Stacy is used during the Bronze Age in other stories like that's that's what kind of starts developing those more very complex, very hard hitting, very powerful uh, stories. So then we transition to about 1985 is anything from 1985 on is present era. Okay. Um, and uh, so we I can think we're gonna cover present era next time. time. No, yeah. present era is literally two sentences. All right, so present era basically, the one shift that they just took from uh bronze era and added to was quite simply, well, what if life isn't just superheroes and villains? What if you added anti heroes to the mix? So, this is where you start getting the Punisher, this is where you get Wolverine. Oh. This is like Wolverine. Wolverine you've had before, but this is where you get the duality of his character. This so, is where you're getting Frank Miller's versions of Daredevil that are really harsh hitting. So uh, you're saying what if? Have you watched the what if episodes on Disney Plus? I have. We're not talking about those then. Okay. All right. I just needed those. to clear that up. Yeah. So the Punisher is basically an answer to heroes like okay heroes aren't doing the job properly so what if we just had a hero that just kills all the bad guys and kills anyone who he deems is a bad guy mm-hmm. and that's what the punisher is i don't know if you guys know the punisher well familiar with uh, the punisher he's yeah. got guns and he kills criminals he's, he kills he's very uh, uh judge dready and he'll and he'll he's fight very exactly ready <laughs> and he'll actually he'll go toe-to-toe and fight with heroes uh-huh. yeah like, i'm gonna do I, it my I way i think his first one He's he's hunting a hero. I think I think he's in a Captain America one in his first. Is, is I, it I'm Captain not sure. America. Anyways, yeah, he he is he, he, a hero. Does something bad, and that's his like debut. Is he's like you did something bad? I'm coming for you. But that's that's kind of sort of recap. It's larger than life heroes in the gold golden era. More complex, not just black and white and silver era. 
very hard-hitting and powerful stories that are relatable in the Bronze Era, and now you get anti-heroes in present day. That's kind of the big ones. Right, right, right. Uh, all right. Eli, do you want to head us out? Thank you very much for joining us on the floor. Wait! It seems like Marvel is slowly working towards the point where they're going to tell us the villains are the good guys now. Uh, <laughs> well, so, you know, funny it, thing about... Feel like so there's this, the so there's, this movie coming out called Morbius, and you're not wrong. It's all going to say. All right. Um, now we can close it out. No, I, I think what they're trying to say that the villains are not people, but they are inside of people. Yeah, like yin and yang. Everyone's got good, everyone's got evil. Are you evil because you've done evil things? Can you be good? These are the questions they like to ask. Make Matrix asks hard questions. We've talked about this in Am I Alive kind of stuff. <laughs> and all that fun things. Am I real? Do I think? <laughs> Marvel I asks the questions... Am is I real? Evil? Is someone is good? What makes them that? Am I good? Is Marvel? There you go. There Am you I real? Go. Is the yeah. Matrix? Am Matrix. I good? Actually, yeah. it's are they good? Is is Marvel? Yeah. Or yeah. And and X Men was just a giant story about like how to approach racism, like racism and and any minorities. It's actually yeah like, yeah yeah just, in, discriminations uh, the LGBT yeah. community too like the uh-huh. all the gay rights and stuff they had a lot of stuff ah, for that too which is part of matrix all right we should just wait on you Eli just keeps going we promised it would end it didn't <laughs> the floor will never end all right uh i don't even know what to say Aaron this is on you if you enjoyed this episode and want more on the topic, we record a special treasure room for our patrons after every episode. In the regular episode, we go deep. In the treasure room, we go wide. To enjoy the bonus content, sign up at the fluorite level or higher. There is a treasure room for every episode from August 2021 and on. That's double the content. Two episodes a week instead of one. Go to www.patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore. That's floor spelled F-L-O-R-E. Select the fluorite tier or higher. Immediately after each episode is released, the treasure room will post the bonus audio on Patreon. They are identified by the tag treasure room after and the title of the episode. You can also do a search for the keywords treasure room and find all the content you've been missing. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review. Tell us why you like listening to us. Is it our awesome deep dives? Is it our amazing back and forth? Is it our charming good looks? What would you like us to add or change? You can put that in the review as well. We read reviews. Yeah, and if you're going to be leaving us a review telling us what you like about it, maybe you even want to share the content with your friends. Uh, Like and share on social media. You can join us on Twitter and Facebook. We post memes. And we actually started a Discord, so come play with us. So uh, a lot of the worlds we cover have a retcon. Uh, If you're not familiar with that term, it's reconstruction. Or sometimes we might uh, use a bad source for some of our lore research. And if that happens, uh, feel free to email us at floorfantasyandlore at gmail.com. That is floor spelled F-L-O-R-E, fantasyandlore at gmail.com. And if you're angry enough, we'll read it on the air. (laughs) 
Yes, we will. Also, the treasure room is now available. We have locked a few secrets for everything we cover in there, and each week we add more. And uh, you can find the treasure room on patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore. And how do you spell that, Aaron? That's lore with an F at the beginning. So it sounds like floor, but it's not the floor you're thinking because it's our floor. uh, We hope you enjoyed your time on the floor. Uh, Think about your favorite part of the episode. Now think about your nerdiest friend. Who is it? What is their name? They want to know about the floor. Stop holding out on them. Go and tell them about your favorite part. Because all of this is more fun together.